0: to playback a variety podcast on today's show we're talking about the recently wrapped new york film festival where ang lee's latest film faced some tough criticism a little bit later i'll be talking to hacksaw ridge and silent star andrew garfield so stick around
1: Everyone, I'm here with Janelle Riley again. Hey, how you doing? This room is very dusty and it's making my allergies crazy. Yeah, so if we sniffle the whole time, yeah, I'm doing the same thing. That is my shampoo. I sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let not. Go
0: there. <laughs> um. You know, the New York Film Festival just wrapped up. Did you go out there at all?
1: I actually happened to be out there for the um, Hamptons. Hamptons Film yeah. Festival and in New York, but kind of the last thing I wanted to do on my day off was go to the, uh, another go to festival. Film festival. And yeah. honestly, they weren't screening anything I hadn't already seen, so.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, the big story out of there, and neither of us can really speak to it because we haven't seen the film, but uh, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Oof really hit the skids with critics. Uh, A lot of criticism aimed at the 120 frames per second, which, you know.
1: I mean, I I can't, I haven't seen the movie. I love Ang Lee. I still Mm -hmm. am going to see the movie. I have to say I do not like the, the, multiple the frame, frame rate yeah. thing, yeah. When I saw The Hobbit, I, I mean, The Hobbit had other problems, yeah. but I, hated I it really too. hated the way it looked. And just reading what people were saying, and they meant it as praise when they were saying how crisp the picture was, and you could mm-hmm. see the pores on their nose, I was like, that sounds awful.
0: That sounds, I feel like offers think, uh, actors think that sounds awful. Yeah, Because, right? you
1: know,
0: <laughs> part of the idea here is to hide between yeah. those, those uh, the flicker of the frames, you know, and you can't hide makeup, you can't hide production design, you can't hide background yeah, actors that are just- Yeah, I don't know doing busy work back there. want to and, use it? Well, for him, I, I as I understand it, it was, you know, it's just for the war scenes, and it's to kind of carry across this idea of the hyper-real memory you'd have of a, of a battle sequence and stuff like that. And, and I get it. I mean, he's an artist, and I'm sure he had a very yeah. artistic reason to use it. Uh,
1: right. Who am I to question Ang Lee? I, sure. At but the same time, I find it takes me out of a movie.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see when we see it. That's the yes. other thing, is they couldn't even... They, couldn't have a projector over here to, to show it in that frame.
1: Right? Room. Don't they have to? Isn't there, there only like, one like two projector theaters or two, that yeah. can show this movie properly?
0: When it's released commercially, there will only be two theaters in the country showing it at <sighs> 120 frames per second, which brings up my next point, which is 99.9% of the people that see this movie are not going to see it this way. So, you know, if a tree falls in the woods, yeah, like what's, you know. Or just, if a
1: movie bombs in New York. <laughs> if a movie bombs
0: <laughs> in New York. And that's the other thing. I think going to the New York Film Festival might not have been the best way to... Yeah, out this movie did because he
1: take Life of Pi there is that he, he, why it's a yeah, little sentimental.
0: And I guess maybe he's been there with like uh, his Western. What was that film called with Toby? Ride McGuire. with the Devil. I feel like maybe I'm like the to only New York. person who
1: actually likes Ride with the Devil. <laughs> I'm such a hardcore Ang Lee. Fan. I own the
0: Criterion version. Of that. <laughs>
1: Do you really? That's because
0: I own like every Western. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you know, and he's they took the walk there last year. Sony did. They've been taking movies there, Captain Phillips, mm-hmm. you know, last couple of years. So. uh... It made sense for them to go there, I guess. But this movie is a particular movie, and it just seems like it didn't work out for them. We'll see it in two weeks when the projector finally gets over here, Are they building I guess. it as we speak? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't Somewhere even know. in a Los Angeles storeroom. They don't even know where it's going to release commercially over here. Yeah. I don't know if they know in New
1: York either, but... What was the budget, do you know? I don't know. I mean, this couldn't have been a cheap movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I so admire Ang Lee, like... You know, taking chances and doing new things. Mm-hmm. And when it pays off, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, Life of Pi, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just don't know. I was I was really disappointed to read. I liked what he tried to do with Hulk. Oh, I actually like he Hulk. He tried to bring a yeah. comic book
0: alive. It's yeah. kind of got the split screen stuff. And it tried to put you there. I mean, that's an example of it. You liked it, apparently. But no, it's I an did. example of it but not really working out. But I also
1: really like the Edward out. Norton
0: Hulk. Right, like, I'm, I'm a fan of that one, actually. See,
1: I actually think it's funny, and you know entertaining and maybe I just love the Hulk maybe maybe there's some Lou Ferrigno crush from my childhood that keeps me you should me go to Comic Con he's
0: selling autographs for 40 bucks a pop every year
1: 40 bucks a pop
0: <laughs> I think so it used oh to be 20 oh my god he's moving on up uh, but that was that was uh the kind of the big premiere at New York along with Ava DuVernay's 13th uh, which we kind of talked about a couple yes. weeks ago. You've yes. seen it since, oh right? Oh my god, it's, it's so good, right?
1: Stunning and upsetting and beautiful. Do you agree with
0: me that that should be a best picture consideration? 100%. Yeah.
1: Yep. 100%. I just said it. I said it. That's that's my one for this round. That's when you
0: know she's she's serious. <laughs> yeah, it's no, amazing. No, it's easily
1: one of the best movies of the year. Yeah.
0: And yeah, and 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 I think uh 20th Century Women also Uh, screened out there. I guess that would have been the was that the premiere? No, I feel wait. like
1: it was because it didn't premiere at Toronto, did it? Yeah, that it? was
0: no, that was the world yeah. premiere. Center, it was the centerpiece film in New York.
1: Yeah, it's uh, just that it had screened in L. A. It couple screened times, just ahead so, of yeah. that,
0: and that's when I saw it and you saw it. Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, I, I like Mike Mills. I like I love. Mike I like Mills. his voice. Yeah, he just really does a good job of getting his voice into his work, and I like Beginners better. I think it's a sure. tighter well, movie. Well, Beginners
1: is kind of perfect. Yeah, yeah. And, and
0: and I think 20th Century Women starts to just wander a bit in the middle of the movie. It loses its focus a little, but I still love the tone. I loved kind of luxuriating in the world he created, and I thought Annette Bening was great.
1: All the actors are great.
0: I thought Greta Gerwig was It's the best work I've ever
1: seen Greta Gerwig do.
0: Right? Yeah. I'm glad someone else has said that, because... I thought Elle
1: Fanning was fantastic.
0: Yeah, she's good, but Greta, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so much going
0: on with that character, and she's got this history to kind of work through. And I think it's her best performance, and I do think she has a shot in the supporting category.
1: Did you hear, I think someone told me that Mike Mills made Beginners for his father and made 20th Century Women for his mother. Absolutely. And it is interesting how they are sort of the movie cousins, you know? Oh, yeah. There's certain things he uses in Beginners, you know, when he would show the pictures and be like, this is what love looks like. Mm -hmm. He does something similar in 20th Century Women, but doesn't lay it on too thick. So they are two very different movies.
0: Yeah, he's talked about that. He likes to play with time in his editorial, like, because, you know, you don't really experience time chronologically you experience it through memories and mm-hmm. things like that so he tries to play with that in the way he edits movies and uh definitely does that in this one and yeah absolutely uh beginners is like a love letter to his father and this is a love letter to his mother and uh Annette Benning, you know I think there was a period where it was they were keeping options open about supporting her yeah. lead
1: she could I mean a lot of times when you see like Alicia Vikander in Danish Girl and she goes supporting it's like obvious category fraud mm-hmm. I have to say this movie is really kind of the main boys story mm-hmm. like I actually think of Annette Benny when supporting it. Would, I, I, I would get it
0: I feel the same way I mean the problem is he of all of the characters he's the one you don't really learn a lot about yeah
1: he's very you passive. learn about
0: everybody else yeah so everybody else kind of stands out, and Annette having this big performance, it feels like a lead, and it it's arguably a lead, arguably I think it's supporting. It's a lead because but
1: she's Annette Benning. Like yeah. I don't know if anyone else. I think
0: that's what the yeah. it boils down to as far as an Oscar campaign is concerned too. It's <laughs> like no, we're not going. I mean, supporting. she's getting
1: nominated in neither category.
0: I think I feel the same way about yeah. Viola Davis. Without yes, even, even though, so even though we haven't
1: seen it, we're like <laughs> like she's the front runner all around. Wherever she she could go in the best director category, we put her the front runner.
0: <laughs> and I know a couple of weeks ago I said that lead is I mean that supporting is not happening. Uh, but, I still feel pretty yeah. strong, but it, it it is still a question. And I think everyone's looking at that campaign. What is she going to do? a lot of people would like her to get out of that category because it it frees up space for you know a Ruth Nega or a Taraji P. Henson perhaps or you know assuming that the category is laid out the way we assume it
1: is which
0: is like you know Meryl you uh, think Meryl is a lock I think she's strong she's Meryl I think she's strong
1: but I think in a year where you have people on the bubble that could get in like you know Amy Adams who's fantastic in two different movies Mm -hmm. Um, I think Emma Stone's a lock Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean Annette Bening Mm-hmm. So And Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah, obviously Natalie Portman. And then we've got, I feel, this kind of
0: fifth spot that mm-hmm. is like, assumably Viola if she's going lead. And I think that she's probably strong enough to win in either category. Wherever she ends Side up, she's unseen. probably going to win. Yeah, I mean, she won the Tony and she's Viola Davis. And you've seen the trailer. There's a lot of snot going on.
1: <laughs> it worked in doubt. <laughs> it worked in doubt. <laughs> it's know, just going to be a big, powerful performance, you know. so It is in the play a supporting role and I've heard that they've beefed it up for the movie mm-hmm. but I mean I, I am curious it's, it's strange that usually if someone is lesser known like an Alicia Vikander they put her in supporting even when it's clearly a lead role mm-hmm. but if you're as established as Viola Davis it works the opposite way sometimes you get in the lead category when it's really a supporting role if, with
0: Viola it may be a supporting role but is it a supporting performance and I know that's a weird mm-hmm. thing to say but like that's kind of what we're talking about with Annette it's, yeah. it's sort of a leading performance but a supporting role
1: well, I mean, you know, the great example is Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs had something like 20 15, minutes of screen 15, 20 minutes, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, everybody Undeniable. walks away from that movie, you know, yeah. talking about Hannibal Lecter, which is a weird comparison to make when I think With Viola Davis, about it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> or Annette Bening, for that matter. We'll very, see how it plays out. Very different out. roles, but yeah.
0: Suffice it to say, everyone's keeping an eye on that campaign.
1: Yeah, I mean... You know, I I really want Amy Adams to be nominated for Arrival. Mm -hmm. Um, I I love that movie. I love that performance. Uh, She's kind of on the bubble. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd like her to have a more secure slot. I think she's more secure than Meryl. Really? Yeah, I, yeah just, I
0: definitely disagree with you.
1: Well, well, we have to wait and see how the movie does. Actually, see, I, see I think how the, the movie does, gonna and they're going to bring they're going to be
0: bringing Florence back around too. It's not done. Oh, good. Like they're going to be they they're, they're going to do their tastemakers and have their things. And
1: I know you and I are big fans of Florence Foster Jenkins, and I love Hugh Grant's performance. Mm-hmm. And I, is he a sure thing? Sure thing? Nah, no. But pretty secure. I think he's I think he's a good
0: bet right now. I mean, look, I have it for picture uh, actress, supporting actor, couple of below the lines, like. I think it's a strong player across the board. Good, Golden I so. Globes are going to beef it up too whenever yeah, exactly. it comes to that. So
1: I like your column today where you said like the Golden Globes comedy musical category is a race to see who will lose to La La Land. Yeah,
0: basically, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just four more slots to fill there, and it's a pretty thin race. Uh, I think beyond Florence Foster Jenkins and La La Land, it's yeah. pretty wide open. You're right. Literally got an email from Fox. What about Deadpool?
1: You know, that's it's funny you would say that because I've heard a lot of people say that like globe's voters really love Deadpool. and They love Ryan Reynolds and he's a big star, so Everything I'm you absolutely say is not true. reeling that any of that. HFPA out. there there are fans of Deadpool and
0: HFPA. Now, I don't know how much of that is actual love for the movie yeah. or actual love for Ryan Reynolds.
1: But let's be honest, how great would it be if they nominated a true comedy? It'd be pretty like fun. Like Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or The Nice Guys. Oh, I'd the Nice love Guys would be a nice great guys. nominee. I would love to see Russell Crowe nominated for a yeah. performance. Ryan's already getting nominated yeah. but like like Russell Crowe was hilarious in that movie. Did
0: you go to the American Cinematheque award? Thing? I did not. He that- kind of gave a good case for why he should host the Oscars, Russell Crowe.
1: Russell Crowe. He was well, so I saw him good. on Saturday night live. Right. I was at the dress rehearsal where there's like 10 times more sketches that they cut mm-hmm. and the guy is he's a chameleon and a comedic genius. Yeah. I mean, like, some of the sketches they cut, I wish, I hope they put them online somewhere (laughs) because he is, he is hilarious.
0: Maybe they should uh, tap him to host the Oscars. You know what? Maybe they should announce a producer. Maybe they should figure out what's going to happen with this show. (laughs) Like, isn't that weird?
1: Like, it's so weird. It's
0: October 18th or whatever it is now and No producer announced. Yeah,
1: we'll have winners before we have a producer.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I know that there was three years where, you know, Zayden and Marin were a three-year contract. So a lot of their decisions were able to happen early. In Mm -hmm. August or September or whatever, you'd hear what the host is. And now they're kind of starting fresh. I've heard that, uh, you know, nobody wants that gig after last year.
1: Oh, my God. Nobody wants to produce the
0: Oscars after last year. You talk to the Academy, you hear something completely different. No, we've got a lot of people. We're just trying to decide who it's going to be.
1: Have well, you heard anything about the host? Clock
0: is ticking. No. I mean, you need a producer first. Yeah. Because that's, that's going to be where that decision comes from. I assume we'll know both before the Governor's Awards in mid-November, but that's like three weeks that's, away. Yeah,
1: not very far away so, at all. <laughs>
0: hopefully soon. I didn't expect to go down that road, but I am like, what's going on over there?
1: Hey, maybe it's time to go back to Brett Ratner. Just saying.
0: Maybe. Eddie I Murphy. I really
1: wanted Eddie Murphy to host I was, that I year. was all about that. Yeah, let's do it.
0: What else were we going to cover here?
1: Uh, opening this week. Oh, by the way, the Moonlight. one movie opening this week that, that we need to talk about is Boo, A Medea Halloween. Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> Madea. I have never seen a Tyler Perry movie. And I'm Did going, you see this one? Oh, you're going this to weekend see to see Boo, A Medea Halloween. I don't think it will struggle for box office. I think everyone yes. should go see Moonlight. <laughs> Which doesn't
0: open wide until later anyway, but it's opening limited this week. Such a beautiful movie. And we've talked about that.
1: Yeah, I think we've talked a lot about it, how much we love that cast. Yeah, and I, I actually did uh, uh, attend a Q&A this weekend with um, Mahershala Ali and Naomi Harris and Andre Holland and, you know, just... SAG some, audience? Uh, actually, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, well-received, everyone stuck around. Very well-received, and just listening to those three talk is like a masterclass on acting. I look like, forward to talking to Barry
0: Jenkins at some point this year because, boy, as do I've said... Boy, love him.
1: Yeah, and everyone said they were fans of his first movie, mm-hmm. Moonlight for Melancholy, Melancholy for Moonlight, uh,
0: Medicine, for Melancholy. Medicine
1: for Melancholy. I'm sorry, but I'm well, you one just made the
0: split. best mashup:
1: yeah, <laughs> 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 Moonlight for Melancholy, Medicine Man, Melancholy. I'm Melancholy for Moonlight. But they were all big fans of his even before they worked with him. And the way that they talk about this director, it, like they're so rhapsodic.
0: What he's able to pull off with these three actors playing this one character, and you know, getting that performance out of Naomi over the course mm-hmm. of a weekend you know it's pretty good stuff so uh you should go see that film as opposed to boo a Medea halloween
1: you know uh one of my coworkers did say he admires that tyler perry as he continues to get you know more famous and his movies are bigger and bigger he still refuses to learn the basic tenets of filmmaking <laughs> and in a way that that stubbornness is admirable well
0: he doesn't appear to need to
1: yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, he he clearly is doing something right
0: this guy is 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 a uh a behemoth in the industry, so good for him. Yeah, frankly. sure.
1: I and mean, Look, he's a good actor. He was great in Gone Girl. Yeah. I even saw the movie where he played Alex Cross, and it's like, yeah, he's...
0: What was that movie called? Was it called Alex Cross? I think Cross? it was called yeah, Alex
1: Cross, right. yes.
0: Well, uh, go see both of those movies. Screw it. You should, you should have... <laughs> or go
1: see Moonlight Twice. That would be my advice. go see
0: Moonlight Twice. Uh, I'm talking to Andrew Garfield after this.
1: Fantastic. We talked about Hacksaw Ridge a few weeks ago. Loved it. It's more more and more people are seeing it and coming and telling me how much they love it. It's a lovely conversation. I think everybody will enjoy that, so stick
0: around for that.
2: I always dreamed about being a doctor, but uh didn't get much school. I can't stay here while all them go fight for me. Would you figure this war is just going to fit in with your ideas? While everybody else is taking life, I'm going to be saving it. And that's going to be my way to serve. This is a personal
3: gift from the United States government designed to bring death to the enemy.
2: Well, I'm sorry, Sergeant, I can't touch a gun. You don't kill. No, sir.
0: You know, quite a bit of killing does occur in war.
2: Private Doss does not believe in violence.
3: Do not look to him to save
0: you on the battlefield. I don't think
3: this is a question of religion. I think this is cowardice. I fell in love with you because you weren't like anyone else. you are saying you could go to prison.
2: But I don't know how I'm going to live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. With the world so set on tearing itself apart... It doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together.
0: Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Andrew Garfield, the star of Mel Gibson's Hacksaw Ridge, which opens November 4th. Thank you for coming by today, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Chris. Uh, It's been 10 years since uh, Mel Gibson gave us a movie. Apocalypto was the last one, and I just want to talk quickly about that. Are you as big a fan of that movie as as I think I am? (laughs) Yeah, no, I am a huge fan of that movie. I think that's maybe my favorite movie of his that he directed. Yeah. It's it's such a bold movie to make. And I remember when uh, the trailer hit for that movie. Mm. I don't know if people remember this, but there was a moment in the trailer, like a couple of frames where he just inserted a shot where he was hanging out with like the guys that were playing the natives and he's like just cheesing with, I think he had like a cigarillo in his mouth or something. Oh like really? And he's just, yeah, it's just a really brief moment where he's just like smiling in the middle of this big prestige trailer.
2: I don't remember that. That's I'll have wild. to show you
0: after this, but I'm just curious if that speaks to how he is on the set. Yes. Yeah. That That's so funny and, and interesting.
2: He kind of makes his own rules in that way, um, as a filmmaker, I think. And, um, he's not precious at all about the, um, the process mm-hmm. or even about the moment. There's this kind of very intuitive, instinctive, uh, physical, visceral presence that he has and that his movies have, I think, is, you know, with Apocalypto is a great example of that. It's so muscular and um, full of you know, blood and flesh and you, know, you feel like you're there. And I think Hacksaw Ridge is no exception to that. Um, and, yeah, and I think it does come out of his um, his, his, his presence on set, his kind of almost animal
0: instinctive uh, way of making a, a film, telling a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a figure, I think, that looms pretty large in this industry, so mm-hmm. maybe you had expectations going in, but even still, w- did he surprise you as a filmmaker in any way that sticks out now?
2: Yeah, I I I had no idea what to expect because of course you hear you hear so much and you you kind of go in with any filmmaker really um, and of course you know Mel is no exception to that you go in with a bunch of expectations and a bunch of ideas that that you hope you can see past in order to just be able to see the person clearly mm-hmm. and yeah I was I was so so surprised he and by his. Um, well to be honest you know the main thing that i was so um uh happy about and uh, surprised maybe I, I i don't know i did i didn't have any expectation either way it was just this ability that you had to make everyone feel as important as each other um in a very sincere way without any um you know there was no strategy behind it it was just we're all in this together and uh that feeling of a good dad on set, that feeling of a good parent Mm -hmm. where you feel like your work is um, as important as his and, in fact, um, he makes you feel totally vital to the process Mm -hmm. Um, and he he totally means it. It's the best idea wins kind of um, scenario. And um, uh, there's this very loving energy that he creates on set and very safe and very playful and light and and as i say kind of loving in in that in that really good way that a a good parent will set you up to have a really fun play session with a friend Mm -hmm. they'll create the framework and then you just go and run riot and you paint on the canvas however the hell you want and there's no right there's no wrong it just is Mm -hmm. and uh so that was really a kind of a wonderful surprise i guess
0: yeah now, uh, this story is about Desmond Doss, conscientious objector who went to war without a gun and mm-hmm. saved some 70 people. Mm-hmm. An amazing story that I didn't know about.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Were you aware of it before you read the script? Not at all. He's a, He was
2: a man that didn't want his story told for a long time or just wasn't interested in having his story or his actions glorified in any way um a big part of who he is is that he's a man of god he's a a a christian man more specifically a seventh day adventist but i do believe that his actions transcend any specific religion it Mm -hmm. it, is always he kind of as a human being transcended the the dogma that he was raised in Mm -hmm. um and it's it's expressed in his actions, and he didn't. He saved he saved more than seventy. That was just one night. Yeah. You know, throughout the war, he he saved countless. But this particular night, and you know, he he actually said no. It was less than that. I think it was probably like twenty five or thirty. <laughs> but then they they counted, and uh, wow. you know, it, and he was this for, forever sincerely humble man um, that didn't want a movie made until, at the kind of encouragement of his church, eventually, they said, look, this this is a bit selfish of you actually <laughs> because because your story is so inspiring and, it's, and it goes beyond you much like your actions went beyond you mm-hmm. this story goes beyond you and it's possible that if this, sto- if this story is seen by more people then it can create some very positive ripples in the world and inspire other people to mm-hmm. trust themselves more to be in tune with their true selves more to say no to oppression to say no to um, people, or an institution, or a culture that is telling them to be something that they are not, and that's mm-hmm. what he—that's the the path that he walked. He walked that very hard line, where his own army was telling him to be different, was telling him to fall in line and mm-hmm. to to say no to, to to the to the guys in charge is such a an act of rebellion. Really, it's mm-hmm. kind of a revolutionary act to be that devoted to walking your own path.
0: Yeah. I'm always curious uh, of actors, whenever they play real-life people, uh, in your research, uh, looking into this man, was there a certain quality about him that struck you that you uh, particularly wanted to carry across in your performance?
2: Um, you know,
0: uh, uh, there were so many things.
2: <laughs> That's one of the things about, the one of the joys and the tricky things about playing someone who's who, who's lived... Um, who existed and who exists um, in, in people's imaginations still, um, is that there's so much to honor. There are so many qualities and aspects to um, bring to life. I would say the, the, the foundation for me, the thing that really excited me, one of the things, one of the many things that excited me about Desmond, was um, this in being in tune with nature being in tune with his own nature and being in tune with the world Mm -hmm. and being in tune with what the world was asking of him Um, i say the world but you can say god you can say spirit you can say mystery the divine the soul the deep self you know Mm -hmm. i you know again he transcends his religion in that way for me Mm -hmm. so that was the thing so being being empty enough to listen and being quiet enough to hear mm-hmm. the messages coming from that very still small voice that we all have within us and being in tune with nature. This was something that was really exciting to me to explore and to kind of luxuriate in. You remember that? Um, I think it was a Disney, it was a, it was a Disney cartoon Ferdinand, the bull, mm-hmm. the, you know, he's, he's the, this, this bull that is <laughs> supposed to be kind of, uh, seeing red and 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 wanting to kill human beings but instead he just wants to smell the flowers Mm -hmm. in the middle of the auditorium um or in the middle of the Colosseum, or wherever bulls fight um (laughs) uh that is fascinating in the middle of a war situation to have this soul this gentle um loving soul picking up flowers
0: you know That, that was that that was such a beautiful thing to try and Try to live out well, I imagine particularly so in a society that's louder and louder mm-hmm. you know I mean there's so much noise and to be able to as you say luxuriate in that mm-hmm. must have been an experience mm. um you know, we've talked about the the religious and spiritual aspects here. It's, it's something that strikes me about Mel Gibson's work, I think he tends to make movies uh, about faith in in interesting ways. Uh, a lot of times, it's about the difficulty of maintaining one's faith, in mm-hmm. fact, in the, fa- in the face of uh, any any number of uh, adversities. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a quality that's in this film. Mm-hmm. And I think it's from what I hear, I have not seen Silence yet, but mm-hmm. uh, a quality that's in. Mr. Scorsese's silence mm-hmm. as well, and Martin Scorsese also makes films very much informed by his yeah. religious upbringing. So, given that that's an interesting kind of parallel here, I'm curious if there was anything about these two filmmakers that struck you as similar as well. Oh um, gosh, I think if if there if there was a similarity,
2: well, I think well, first of all, I think they're both masters mm. in their own way and in, in, in very different ways. But I also feel, in terms of the faith question they are all too aware of their own humanity they're all too aware of their own fallibility you know in a beautiful way like mm-hmm. they're in touch with all of that hum- all of that messy humanness mm-hmm. and yet they are also in touch with their own um longing for the divine i would say longing for their best selves longing you know M- M- marty's first um, instinct was to join the priesthood as a kid. Mm-hmm. That was his first calling. You probably were, uh, yeah. were aware of that. Um, and, you know, thank God he didn't, so to speak, <laughs> because otherwise we wouldn't have had the high priest of film that he now has become. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, that was, I, I feel, I think we, we, we'd all agree that that was his destiny. And, and oh, you yeah. know, thank
0: God he followed it. Um, and he's found a way to explore, Oh yeah. you know, religion in his own way since. Yeah. So, you know. And his own messy humanity yes. with 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 the
2: with the polar opposite yeah. but I think what's interesting about that that film is it is a it is a man at odds with himself and you know I was I, w- I would read a lot of um, Thomas Merton um, while, while I was getting ready and filming that that movie in particular and what I love about Mert, Thomas Merton the Trappist monk Thomas Merton is that he he was so in touch with his humanity and he would write about it with such... Uh, rawness and this idea that a life of faith is not a life of certainty mm-hmm. a life of faith is also equally a life of doubt mm-hmm. and uh, anyone who's living a life of certainty is not to be trusted he said <laughs> you know this 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 thing of um you know what we see with politicians all the time is and 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 strangely a lot of the time with politicians who who claim Christianity is their as their um as their chosen faith, yeah. You know, you talk to George W. Bush about. Do you have any regrets about, you know, invading Iraq and the, and the the destruction? He's like, no, it was all, it was, it was, it was the perfect decision. No regrets at all. No, there was there, there was no other choice. I'm totally certain. That's yeah. this really scary stance. Yeah. So I think both of these films are investigating what it is to live a true life of faith. Mm-hmm. And I think the character in, in Father Rodriguez in Silence begins it with this. Certainty, a bit of a scary certainty, and of course, experience changes him. Experience mm-hmm. transforms him in this alchemical way, where he realizes that faith and um, being incarnate in this world is a very complicated situation to be in. It's mm-hmm. that, that, and there's not um, there's not a set of rules that apply to every situation. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's, there's um, sometimes sometimes life. Sometimes life makes you have to break the rules in order to live a life of humanity and faith. This yeah. is a fascinating realm to be in.
0: Yeah, I imagine so.
2: Um, and and same for for Desmond, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think both Mel and 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 Marty, like any other human being, struggles with um, with these questions.
0: Yeah, uh, I understand. You had a chance to see Silence recently. Mm-hmm. The, what'd you think <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to say anything I <laughs>
2: I, um, I don't want to I don't I,
0: alright I'll take you off
2: the hook well, well, no, no but what I mean I mean like I can say I, I we made the movie that, that and I really love it okay. I love it I, I think can't it's, wait to see it it's, I'm, I will say it's unlike anything I've ever seen Silence Accepted what's your favorite Martin Scorsese film <laughs>
0: Oof! gosh how do you even that's tricky it's it's impossible i'll I'll, I'll start and i'll I'll actually just tell you one i think is hugely underrated yeah bringing out the dead oh god yeah amazing i love how that movie just owns the van morrison song too yeah yeah, you cannot listen to tb sheets again (laughs) and not think about an ambulance driving down the street i couldn't you know what I, i hadn't seen kundun yeah
2: when i was getting ready for for silence and i have to say i found it so deeply beautiful and and, yeah. and moving and layered and rich um i rewatched taxi driver twice recently um just for fun just for fun <laughs> and it is but it is fun weirdly yeah. and yeah. and that scene that Ma- marty's scene in it yeah is oh. kind of crazy <laughs> like kind of incredible like some like like that's 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 like some talk about messy humanity exactly yeah but incredible act like proper acting where you go wait who's the actor in this like like, really and de niro is letting him letting him go yeah it's beautiful it's so so beautiful um he's given us far too much to um to uh i don't know he's given us far too much and continues to it's like this He's not slowing down, which no, is nice. No, he's really not. And yeah. he, he can't. Yeah. It's, thank God, you know, he's, yeah. he's so, yeah, he's given the world himself, really, through through the stories and the movies and the characters that he's given us.
0: And speaking of Kundun, I, I interviewed Thelma Schoonmaker a few years back for Wolf of Wall Street, and she mentioned at the time that Silence was kind of part of their little internal uh, spiritual trilogy with Kundun and Last Temptation of Christ, yeah, yeah. which... Uh, just made me more excited about yeah it, as you have right now so I look forward to oh, seeing good it. good and yeah Thelma I mean Thelma is uh,
2: you know the other the the other half yeah of, 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 of Marty you know I, I I they are so one person in the edit room yeah I I, I can understand now I've seen now and, her, and she how oh, she's like her brilliance and her grace and her I don't know she's she's a
0: magician I think with yeah. with how she cuts Absolutely, I just want to venture out a little bit from these two movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you sad at all to hang up the Spider-Man tights? <laughs> Specifically, hanging up
2: the, the tights wasn't a sad moment. <laughs> Specifically, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, of course. You know, like, but when any, I think when any chapter ends, it's like the end of a relationship, and there's a. If I wasn't sad, I'd be a little bit cut off from myself. I think. Mm-hmm. I think there's something wonderful about about grieving something mm-hmm. and saying goodbye to something it means it meant a great deal and it means you know it, it, it was um and it means it's over mm-hmm. which is a, a blessing and uh, and also um, you know full of full of grief I, I, I'm not very good at goodbyes anyway with mm-hmm. with with I'm not very good at things dying I'm not very good at relationships ending so mm-hmm. But it was actually a beautiful thing to, to, to feel the, um, you know, watching it sail off into the sunset and me sailing the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, it, it wasn't like I was holding on to it. Um, there, was a, there was a really nice feeling of, okay, that's done. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm I'm good actually you did, know what i mean
0: yeah did you come out of that episode in your career uh pointed in a certain direction like did it did, it, did because you know today it that's such a big part of the business yeah. the franchises and everything and i don't know what it does to be when you're a part of something so yeah. it's such a central part of something like that mm-hmm. what it does to what you want to do like yeah coming out of it did you have any kind of goal did it lit oh yeah definitely. That you can speak to like what
2: well um having been in that environment for five years, which is a very specific environment, um, I was craving smaller. Mm -hmm. I was craving um, tighter. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: (laughs) I was craving a bit more pressure in a weird way. Mm -hmm. I think the the first film I shot after that was the film called 99 Homes, which was, Mm -hmm. you know, my truck was my trailer and, you know, uh, it was it was mostly non-actors mm-hmm. apart from me and Laura and Mike Shannon and a few other people um, and there was a longing to simplify, I think mm-hmm. and to strip away excesses mm-hmm. um, because obviously we, we, we know that those, those movies um, are very, very big in all ways mm-hmm. and um, the pressures of them are, 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 are different and um, and I, I wanted to be able to fully focus on the simple job of, of being the, the storyteller mm-hmm. in, in as, as the actor, um, that, and that's kind of where I want to be anyway, I think yeah. forever, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. if, as, as long as I'm doing movies and plays, I just want to, I, anything that takes away from the story is, um, is to be sidestepped really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know just trim, trim the fat off and, and get to the thing that matters yeah. and I think there's a lot of agitation around those movies there's lots of excessive um, kind of weirdness mm-hmm. around uh, around those kinds of films I am nothing against them I love mm-hmm. watching them and I and there were elements of participating that felt really really good mm-hmm. and there were elements that didn't
3: mm-hmm.
2: but um, but also I, 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 I was longing to be on a set where um you know, it was, it was, story first and th- theme first, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, where, where that where that was the um
0: the, the, the list of priorities. Yeah, I yeah. hear you. And ninety nine homes, one of my favorite films of last year. Oh, thanks, it's man! Such Thank a, such an amazing movie.
2: Cheers, man! Thank you. That actually means a lot. That means a great deal to hear that. Thank you.
0: And another filmmaker you worked with uh, that I'm curious about your experience with. I hope he can make some more movies. Mm. Mark Romanek. Yeah. What was that yeah. like? I
2: love Mark. Um, and I love him as a, as a friend as well. He's um, he's so himself, you know, he's so precise. And I think this is why he, he doesn't make a movie very often is because he's so precise mm-hmm. and he's so uncompromising mm-hmm. in what he wants to put on the screen and the kind of story he wants to tell and the way he wants to tell it. I know he's gotten close to making a bunch of stuff recently, but it hasn't worked out because of that very um, um, specific vision that he has. Mm -hmm. Um, I absolutely love him, and I think his visual and emotional sensibility is so um, fascinating, and I share your feelings. I want him to make... Yeah. I want him to keep
0: making films as often as possible. The film there has never let me go. Um, Mm. And... uh, the Johnny Cash Hurt video is oh, yeah. just phenomenal <laughs> yeah. speaking of Mark uh, you have some films coming up I just wanted to touch on uh, we were talking right beforehand about uh, David Robert Mitchell mm-hmm. director of It Follows mm-hmm. You're about to make this kind of L.A. noir film with him. Yeah. What's, what's the name of that? Uh, it's called Under the Silver Lake. Under the Silver Lake. That's yeah. it. it. Takes place in Silver Lake. It does, yeah. Uh, it Follows. It was an amazing movie last yeah. year. Uh, just such a singular kind of vision mm-hmm. this guy has. Uh, how are you finding kind of gearing up with him for this? Oh, it's great. It's um, Again,
2: he's so clear in his vision and, and yet yeah, collaborative simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love the tone of his films and the um the atmosphere that he creates and this script is one of the best scripts i've ever read and it's so multi-layered and so wild and out there and um uh, again kind of unlike anything i've ever i've ever i've ever read in script form Mm
3: -hmm.
2: um and it's i i can name things that it's inspired by but yet it's totally its own thing um and it, it it's it's um it's so weird and um <laughs> and and uh, and funny and sexy and terrifying and intriguing and mysterious and um it's about so many things and yet about nothing. <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird. And he's um and you know he just he's a he's a total cinephile. So he's just sending me so many movies to look at as reference points. and
0: um, Is that helpful or is that... It's really helpful, yeah. Because some really people helpful. might feel like that gets in the way. So I'm, I'm always right. curious how people... Oh, I work. love it.
2: Yeah, No, I, I personally love it. Um, I Because I, I, I don't have much time to watch many movies unless they're homework, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I find it really, really, really useful.
0: Yeah. Well, again, everyone, the movie's Hacksaw Ridge. It opens November 4th, and Silence will be... Uh, later in December, December 23rd limited. So uh, look forward for that. And thank you again, man, for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe and check back next week when I'll be talking to the director of Hacksaw Ridge, Mel Gibson.